Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and Belly Up Sports Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and member of the Adams family, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the main event collector, is the Hernandez to my homicide, to live and die in main event Mark's. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? That is perfect, because I don't speak Spanish. It's like he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, you're the you're just the the bigger silent guy standing behind the little guy. <laughs> uh, well, I don't speak Spanish either, so I guess I can't be homicide. I don't know. We're we're the white American exchange. How about that? I I don't know how good that's gonna get over, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, man, in the South it'll get over huge. All the NASCAR I be fans will eat it up. Ah, come on. Yeah, whatever. Ain't nothing against them. It's just I'm a California guy. Yeah, we don't watch NASCAR. I, I do the exact opposite. I crap on NASCAR. Yes, I am well aware. <laughs> but we're not talking about NASCAR today. Uh, we're talking, thank God. Uh, we're talking about TNA. I wouldn't be on this. <laughs> we're talking about TNA from the year 2006. So we're going back 15 years in the past. In the way back machine. It honestly, like 15 years ago, that's a decade and a half. And I feel like it was just yesterday I was watching this. I, it, yeah, it, it's watching. weird. I know seeing AJ Styles, and I'm like, man, now he's like at the back end of his career. He's got the soccer mom hair. Here he's cut, you know, the stupid high... soccer mom hair. Yeah, that is on Jericho's list, by the way. Just oh, that hair. Is, yeah. yeah, but anyway, uh, dude, yeah, that was I, like five years ago. You want to talk about time flying, dude? I yeah, I know. And uh, this was back when you know AJ had short, real short hair and clean shaven and wore biker trunks and well Chris, was, uh, base at the time too <laughs> yep and uh well christopher daniels looked the same yeah he's a freak what happens, what happens you don't grow hair ever he's in the rage and good for him yeah he just uh i don't know he just he, he, like body wise face wise he just he, he's the same he doesn't age he still wrestles damn good i, I just he's, he's back in tna by the way which is like, hard to think about or crazy thing about well, back back here, man, this was during, you know, everybody talks about Triple H's reign of terror. It's like, what about Jeff Jarrett's reign of terror from the opening of TNA until, like, what, 2009? I think right here. Yeah, here, but he, he did, didn't he win the world title quite a few more times after this? I don't think he won it, but, like, maybe once more after this. Wow. Man, maybe I'm getting it conflated, because I just remember, like, every time I turned on TNA, it seemed like he was always the champion. And I'm like, why? Like, because you know, Rose told him how to book. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you book yourself to get over strong, Daddy. Everybody else below you. All right, nobody's good enough, 
And if they all get Nova good, you squash them, you make them look like crap, and then you come back and you on top again, baby. <laughs> what the hell? Cody's like, you can do that? My dad told me. Yeah. Dad told me this is how you get over. Uh, it's not working for me. Darn it. <laughs> so like, yeah, well, your uh, dad also Cody, that's for somebody else. <laughs> but either way, uh, and yes, you're, wow, you're right. You're right. As far as the actual, the NWA title, Jarrett never held it again after this. Yeah, so it was over. Wow. That's, uh, and like I said, it just gets conflated in my mind that he always held that damn thing. So it's just because it felt like that. <clears throat> yeah, really. But anyway, uh, we uh, we are going to get into it's the biggest show of the year for TNA. It's but it's only the second one ever. Uh, 2005 was the very first ever um, uh, Bound for Glory, and this one was better. I'll say. I don't know if the first one. First one had that injury for Nash, so they had to like redo the whole thing. But yeah, so things got a little messy. But you know, we'll. Uh, we're not gonna, you know, get into all that, but today we are gonna talk about the 06 version from 15 years ago, which was a damn good show, so I hope you all stick around. And later, any way you can find to watch this show, I would definitely suggest going out of your way to do that. Uh, but we well, do it's have... Well, app, I believe. Yes, uh, yeah, if you can get, uh, uh, what is it, Impact Plus. If you can get Impact Plus, it is, uh, man, this show itself, man, and a, and a lot of stuff around this era was well worth the watch. Between, I'd say, the beginning of 06 until, I don't know, 2012, was some pretty good stuff. And not all of it was a hit, but I'm just saying, there was a lot of good stuff. Either way, uh, before we get... Good crap, pal. Yes, and like you've pointed out on a few different TNA podcasts that we've done, this is kind of the basis of our friendship here. We, We really bonded over TNA. And, and not in a creepy way either, like some guys bond over TNA. Uh, no, I got that bond with other friends, though, don't worry. So cool. Well, yeah, like that one guy that always wears the Brazzers shirt, you know. <laughs> um, Holy no, crap. But, but either way, uh, we're going to uh, get into the news and notes here in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break right here to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all your favorite officially licensed sports gear at Fanatics. The link is down in the podcast description. And, you know, there's a lot of sports going on right now, man. Hockey, uh, football, baseball's wrapping up. You got you got the winter sports in full swing. So go over there now and get your uh, officially licensed sports gear. They also have stuff for eSports. So if you're a gamer, check that out. Uh, like I said, the link is down in the podcast description. Fanatics, let them know that the main event marks and the Unhinged Sports Network sent you. Also... We are sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks, all one word, for 15% off your order. And you know, around this time of year, first of all, in October, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we're doing something special for that. And coming up in a couple of months, it's Christmas. You want to do all your Christmas shopping. So check out our Red Bubble store. We're going to be talking about that in the break as well. But you're going to want to go to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. And that is our official 
a store where you can get a, just a ton of different merchandise, a ton of different logos. You can get stickers and hats and and shirts and masks and whatever else. But we just also opened up our Bonfire store. It's bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main dash event dash marks. If you go there, and these links are going to be down in the podcast description as well. But if you go there, we've got our logo on shirts and hoodies and, and tank tops and whatnot. And then we've also got a special pink logo with the pink uh, breast cancer awareness ribbon on there. It's a good thing to you know bring awareness to breast cancer awareness and during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And you can get yourself some sweet swag as well over at the Bonfire or Redbubble stores. But uh, now that we are done with all that, we're going to get into our first break of the podcast. On the other side of this, we're going to dive into all the news and notes from October of 2006, right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main dash event dash marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main dash event dash marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. Before we dive into the news and notes, I want to tell you that Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big Yeat moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all of the profits go towards beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. So go to yeatsofficial.com and use that promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. 
That's Y-E-E-T-Z official.com and put in that promo code BELLYUPPOD. That's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P-P-O-D and save yourself 10% at checkout. Time to dive into the news and notes. We actually offhandedly mentioned this guy, or you did, uh, a couple of weeks ago thinking it was Paul Virgil, but Brent Albright, a.k.a. Gunnar Scott, age 27, was released a few weeks ago from WWE. He was one of the top guys in Ohio Valley Wrestling doing a Chris top Benoit. Guy. Wow. He was doing a Chris Benoit shooter style gimmick. When he was called up to the WWE in the spring, the road agents gave him bad reviews. His push was then dropped and he was shipped back down to OVW in June. You know, like the Spirit Squad. <laughs> Probably a little less conspicuous though. Yeah, they did it off. They, they put him in the box off camera. <laughs> and you know when they got when they got to back to FCW, you know how over they were. You know why? Well, yeah, yeah, because they well when they shipped Gunner Scott back in that box, he popped out of it. Well, you know, God dang, he was over. <laughs> That's why they ship him in boxes. So maybe when they go back down to developmental, they'll be over again. Well, at one time they didn't send the guy in the box. They sent they actually gave him a plane ticket, and Cornette called up, uh, you know, Johnny Ace there and and uh, bit him out. What are you yelling at me for, Courtney? God dang, motherfucker, I told you, send him in a box so they can be over. Thank you, fuck you, bye. Click. Just like that, word for word. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Fit Finley and Dean Malenko buried Albright in particular as they complained that he was stealing moves and his style was uh, of Chris Benoit's. Wasn't that his whole gimmick? I don't get it. Wasn't that supposed to be the whole thing? Yeah. So, I... Uh, uh, but when Paul Heyman was booking OVW... Lost the translation, I guess. Yeah. Well, when Paul Heyman was booking OVW, he pushed him to be a Benoit duplicate, and they eventually ended up getting... Uh, or then he eventually ended up getting fired for being too much like him. Upon returning to OVW, Albright was told to change his style. After a few months, WWE felt that he hadn't changed enough, so they cut him loose. Uh, that's some, like, double speak there. It's like, hey, we want you to be like Chris Benoit. No, damn it, you're too much like Chris Benoit. Quit it. There's so many obvious jokes here. I'm going to leave him alone, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, he was a Chris Benoit that, you know what, I'm going to leave him alone. Moving on. Let's keep it moving. Uh, yeah, he, he was the one that wasn't in the news. <laughs> in what was an expected move, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter is reporting that WWE has released Dioncio Castello. Uh, uh, oh, Cast no! Uh, Castellanos. That was it. Uh, that's psychosis. That's why it was, it was taking me a minute. I was like, Oh, how do you like an Italian name, dude. I know. Uh, Dionisio Castellanos. Okay. It's probably Castellanos. Castellanos, Castellanos. yeah. God, well, I'm going well, to leave all that for you, you know, half Mexican California boy. <laughs> anyway, I'd say for all of you out there, like I said, it's psychosis. The decision was made to fire him two Fridays ago on October 13th, although the actual official firing is expected to be announced later this week by WWE. The company is awaiting all the details of his recent arrest so that they can have uh, so they can have them on file before they actually let him go for legal reasons. Oh, man, I have a Jack's figure of him. Go figure. I got him in a two pack with uh, I got him in a two pack with uh, Super Crazy. You know, they were, for all of you out there, don't remember Psychosis. He was one half of the Mexicools. Or no, one I'm sorry. Third. Yeah, one third. And then didn't they fire Hoovy? It was just him and Psych, Super Crazy. Probably. Yeah. Hoovy. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hoovy 2 getting fired? No. That doesn't Tell me another one. Yeah, right. Uh, let me guess. JDL bullied somebody? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> that one was uh, all right. Psychosis was actually my favorite of three. Like I was always a big Psychosis mark, but I don't know. I was a little disappointed. I was like, well, now that he's in WWE, they should bring him back like with his mask and everything. But they did not do that. They actually did do that. Oh, remember when he came back at One Night Stand with his mask and it failed? People were telling him to put his mask back on. So that's probably why they didn't do it. Oh, you remember wait. the crowd at the original One Night Stand when he came out and wrestled Rey Mysterio? Wait, they told him to take his mask off? Well, he came out as Psychosis with the mask on, took the mask off with all, with all the fake hair, and the fans started mm. chanting, put your mask on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, I figured they would have brought him back with just keeping the mask on, like, all the time. It was like, nobody cared about maskless psychosis. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mask psychosis, man. Yeah, that was a huge one. Hey, people cared about him when he was wrestling, you know. In 2006? No. No one did. Well, down in Mexico, what happened was, because this article made mention of it, actually, that I got the story from. They said he was expected to go back down to Mexico to wrestle the new psychosis and kind of have a feud over the gimmick. Well, that kind of happened until the new psychosis proved to be um, a horrible person. And I think he, uh, I, I think him and this, like the real psychosis got into like a shoot fight like during their match. And then psychosis, the, the second psychosis and like a group of his uh, people, homies, whatever, kind of all rolled wow. up on. I don't know what the hell the Homies, his, whatever. his crew, but they all rolled up on Conan, uh, like outside of a show, and he like smacked the crap out of Conan and like tried to goad him into fighting him. And Conan was the Booker, so you know you can kind of figure how that went. Better respect that Booker man. Yeah, right. Now, Conan was complaining about that. He's like, well, first of all, they did that. Second of all, they recorded it all on camera, so I had evidence of it. So he's like, yeah, I just fired him. Like what? Wait, what am I going to beat him up in public, especially surrounded by all of his friends? Like, the hell? Yeah. Uh, some good press right there, dude. Oh, yeah. I don't think that guy got, you know, uh, got uh, many gigs after that, we'll say. This I never one, heard of him, so. Yeah. Uh, well, outside of being the other psychosis, yeah, I don't think he did anything. What a name, and, the other psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> Well, then, and then the real psychosis, I don't think he, like, he didn't even go back to being psychosis for the longest time. He called himself, like, Nicho El Millenario, and he did, like, some rich guy gimmick. Weird. Wasn't that just Alberto Del Rio? Yeah, but not as good looking. Because <laughs> let's face it, there's a reason they were chaining Put Your Mask On. <laughs> I think they just want, I just, I thought they just wanted the luchador back. I, I didn't that too. That, that, that too. But, you know, like, come on now. Anyway. This next story is kind of funny. WWE.com had to remove the page reporting on the supposed death of former WWF superstar Corporal Kirshner, according to a letter that his mother, that the mother of Michael Kirshner wrote to a website. She personally called WWE headquarters and told them to take the story down. <laughs> why? So because he literally tweeted out that day, like when they. No, I mean, that. like, why was this made? I, I don't know. I don't know how they got the information, but they put they put that story up and he tweeted out on like on his uh, or maybe it was MySpace at the time. Either or he posted something that said, I'm alive, guys. <laughs> did Uncle Dave say he was dead? No, no, he didn't report on it. WWE did, though. And like so everybody thought, well, WWE's reporting on it. It's real, right? Nope. Must be. Yeah, right. Was it in the 90s that or or early 
2000s. One of them. I know there was a, a story there at one point that Kel Mitchell from Keenan and Kel was dead because nobody'd seen him in public in like I years. I think that was one of the very first ones of uh, the internet killing off celebrities because it's become like a thing. Right. And he didn't. Pretty sick, by the way. But yeah. And he never. And he took a while to come out and say anything. I guess he didn't really feel the need to squash the rumor. Uh, and then the the one oh, I he hasn't done anything in years, and that was the most press he had. Right. Well, and then the comedian Sinbad, they killed him too. Oh, uh, that was actually, twice, by the way. Really? Yeah. He actually yeah. talked about it on a stand-up special. He's like, I didn't stay dead long enough before I squashed the rumor. I didn't sell any DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, as I was saying, uh, you know, speaking of uh, holy crap, he's still alive after all the stuff he did. Uh, James Jimmy Jam Garvin Williams quit on Friday the 13th uh, from WWE, by the way. Thus meaning that his WWE tenure lasted all of five days. <laughs> wow. That's a free bird for you. Man, I just... <laughs> I, I didn't how... even know he was there. I swear, this is like news to me, dude. Yeah, I'm sure a lot uh, of people... I'm sure people who worked with him didn't even know he was there. Like one guy knew he was there. Gee, I wonder who the one guy is. <laughs> he probably probably has a ponytail, says toot 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 a lot. Got knocked out by Bradshaw on a plane once. But it was Garvin's yeah, It was Garvin's call to leave it or leave as he believed that he wouldn't be able to spend as much time with his family that he wanted to due to this job. Uh also, the move is a black eye for SmackDown head writer Michael Hayes, because he pushed hard for WWE to sign his old friend. Co figure. <laughs> uh Garvin signed what was believed oh, to be a very good contract, not to mention a Legends contract. Hayes has gotten heat from this because of the feeling that he gave the wrong guy his seal of approval, a friend getting a high-paying job as opposed to someone who had still been following the business and its changes closely. Yeah. Wait, you mean to tell me that Jimmy Jam Garvin didn't contribute that much to the creative team? <laughs> he didn't cre- He didn't contribute that much to his own creative, okay? By the way, if you're keeping track, this was the second Freebird that P.S. Hayes there got a job. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you can say one thing for a man, he's loyal to his friends. So there's that. Ohio Valley Wrestling wrestlers John Bullen and Silverback Ryan Reeves have been put together as a tag team called <laughs> High Dosage. High Dosage of what? <laughs> This is made funnier by the fact that back in July, Reeves was suspended for 30 days due to failing a drug test. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, no, that's going to work out in the future, about four yeah. years from now. Hey, man, they're going to have to feed him more at some point, all right? I don't know who the hell John Bolin is, by the way. No clue. I know the name. Let me, let me hold on thinking of it. I don't want a Wikipedia. I know this. I know the name Kenny Bolin. I, I don't think he's related, but he might be. Uh, and this, this was when, okay, I'm looking it up now. John Bolin. Yeah, I'm drawing uh, a blank. I don't, yeah, I'm looking at him right now. He doesn't look familiar. He, oh, he competed in TNA's gut check challenge back in 2004. Oh, okay, well, then he wasn't was, anything. Cause, yeah, yeah, I don't mean that like in a mean way. It's like, they literally use guys who were nothing on there. Right. So. And he was signed to WWE. He was in Ohio Valley and Deep South. So he literally never made it to the main roster. And he's not like a big jacked up freak either. He was only 220 pounds, five foot ten, so he was clearly a smaller guy on the team. Mm, Although yeah. he wore the skimpiest frickin' trunks. Like, good lord, looks like he's wearing a damn speedo. Ugh, whatever. Uh, but 
Yeah, the thing the thing about this story, first of all, I didn't know that Ryan Reeves was ever in OVW. I thought he was only in FCW and NXT. The other thing, and people that don't know who Ryan Reeves is, is Ryback. And the other I thought thing, people you know that's why I was making all the jokes. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, well, I assume people know, but you know, there could be a new you know, it's like who the hell is that? But the other funny thing about this is do you remember the team high voltage from WCW? Yes, Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage, right? Yes, uh-huh. Apparently, there was a joke in the backstage, you know, because they were big jacked-up dudes. Backstage, people used to call them high dosage, like, to, you know, as a joke, because they were so jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, it's like, it continues with this. It's like, dude, you're not supposed to, like, actually say it. <laughs> uh, speaking of dosage, I... I don't know, maybe I'm going to hell for saying that, but after several months, Joey Mercury is finally out of rehab and is currently training for a WWE return down in Ohio Valley Wrestling. Did he, like, when the hell did he pop back up in WWE? Is this 06? Mercury came back in 05 with uh, Eminem, right? Well, this was 06. This was after he, he went to rehab. Yeah, he came back with Eminem, and then in that December, in that December, I believe, yeah, December, that's when he breaks his face in the ladder match. Oh wow, they put they put him back together. Yeah, yeah. Eminem was in the ladder match, and that's when they shattered his whole face. Remember? I I remember that. That was against Hardy Boys, right? Oh, Hardy Boys, um, William Regal and Dave Taylor, and then wow. London and Kendrick. <clears throat> yeah. So pretty, it was a pretty epic ladder match, but man, that part just was horrible to see, man. Yeah, I remember that. That was disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mercury made a surprise return on the November twenty seventh, two thousand six episode of Raw temporarily reforming Eminem with Nitro and Molina. Yeah, it was an open challenge for December to December. Yeah. I think after this, they're done. I don't think they ever get back together. Right. And I think, I'm pretty sure, he doesn't he go back to rehab at some point before he comes back to the Straight Edge Society? Uh, I think so. That's why he goes to the Straight Edge Society, because of that, yeah. Yeah. He shaves his head, and I was just like, what the hell? Uh, the that one might have been a little more closer to home and legit, actually. Yeah, really. Well, I'm surprised he never went to TNA and uh, joined up with his old pal, um, uh, uh, Christian York. Oh, yeah. Speaking of gut check challenge. Yeah, right. The box office mojo is reporting that the Marine did an estimated $3.7 million this weekend. This is a good, solid number considering what it made in the first week. If it holds, this will put the movie at around $12 million. Actually, when it's all said and done, the Marine made $22.2 million with a $15 million budget. So... Hmm. It didn't blow the doors off with anything, but it did pretty good for itself. A uh, $7.2 million profit. Not yeah, terrible. I mean, I don't think it was in theaters long enough to be considered a flop. No. I think it only had like a really limited run. Right, yeah. And $15 million, I mean, obviously that's a lot of money, but for a movie, that's honestly not like a gigantic budget. Yeah, it's probably not hard to recoup that. Yeah, right. And the only major stars they had in the movie was it was like it was John Cena's very first movie, so he wasn't technically really a big star at the time. The only big star I could think of in the movie was um, the T1000. There it was a uh, Robert Patrick. Yeah. Patrick, yeah. Besides that, everybody else was like. I have a neck figure of him. <laughs> wow, nice. Ah, that's that, that's got to be a new thing. <laughs> it's gonna be hard though. There's not a lot of guys you can say that about in wrestling, but. Yeah. Right. This story, I was like, wow, this was in 06. Okay. 
On the most recent Pride Fighting Championship, Mark Hunt dropped out of his fight against... Say his name real fast, real please. I No, no I, that's why I, I enunciated. <laughs> but he dropped out of his fight against Eric Butterbean Esch. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, he was replaced by former WWE superstar Sean O'Hare. Butterbean destroyed O'Hare in 29 seconds via knockout. Go figure. <sighs> yeah. I knew he was in MMA, but I didn't know he was in Pride. Yeah, I know. I thought Pride was long gone by the time O'Hare was in Oh, hell no. I don't think it's gone until 2008, 9? Didn't it have to shut down because of the, uh, the Yakuza getting involved? I don't remember all that. I just know that Dana White bought it. Okay. I had heard stuff about um, certain fights being questioned because the Yakuza was uh, getting involved in it, which makes sense. But uh, Yeah, I, I mean, do... go watch the... Uh... FMW, Dark Side. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was nuts. I still, you know, especially after Cornette brought that up, it's like I started thinking about it more. It's like, I have a feeling that, you know, uh, what was his name, Onita? Uh, I, I have a feeling he knew that the business was, was like starting to trend downward and he had a lot of debts and whatever, so that's why he passed it off onto that poor dude who ended up hanging himself. Yeah, right. I mean, I could be wrong, but, you know, whatever. Uh, officially getting into the TNA stuff here. Kurt Angle recently spoke on his WWE departure on Bubba the Love Sponge's show on Sirius Radio. Real name. <laughs> he said that when he told Vince McMahon about his addiction to pain pills, Vince didn't want him to enter rehab. He told Vince, I'm going to die, to which Vince responded with telling him to figure out his problems on the road. He said that Vince wanted or needed to keep him around to help put over John Cena. Angle also spoke about Triple H, saying that he doesn't respect him as a person and that he likes to hog the show with his booking power. He said Triple H was against Angle getting the title back when he thought the Angle was too small. Uh, when Jerry Briscoe suggested that Triple H do a shoot fight with Angle to see how much his physical size really held him back, Triple H backed down. Look, I'm going to go out on a limb and say almost all of this is bullcrap. Wasn't he, like, hopped up on pills and drugs and stuff back then? Yeah, he wasn't in his right mind. According to Vince McMahon, he said the reason he released Angle was because he was worried about his safety on the road. He said he, he let him go because he's like, well, he wouldn't do rehab. I didn't want him on the road. I was trying to save his life, so I fired him, which I totally buy, because why the hell else would Vince McMahon fire one of his top stars for years and years? I yeah, I mean, no, people on people on stuff like that, they just talk out of their ass sometimes, unfortunately. I know. And the fact that he went back and made nice, and it seems like him and like. He has nothing but good stuff to say about Triple H and Vince McMahon. So I, this this had to have been complete bullcrap. But, you know, if you do want to spit a bunch of bullcrap, Bubba the Love Sponge's show is where people usually went to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, true. And it was always people hopped up on pills. Frickin', uh according to Eric Bischoff, whenever Hulk Hogan would go on there and start ranting and raving and saying offensive stuff, it was usually like right after he took a handful of pain pills in the morning. So, yeah, because he said uh, he said Bubba knew that, uh, you know, Hogan needed that those pain pills just to basically get through the day. And Hogan wasn't in his right mind at the time. And Bubba knew it. And he took advantage of it, which is why Eric said he has no use for the guy and he hates it. Everybody hates. Yeah, I know. Right. Before I even knew what the guy anything personally about the guy, I already didn't like it. (laughs) You remember when he was in TNA for a minute? Yeah, he was with the band. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that part. Good lord. 
Yeah, they were actually trying to use this idiot. <laughs> it wasn't just like he was there as like a special guest. No, no, no. They were using him. Was he managing the Nasty Boys, too? I think so. Yeah. Uh, as of now, Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe is already slated to be the main event of the TNA Genesis pay-per-view next month on November 19th. Of course, plans are always subject to change. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Hashtag plans changed. I think they did. Just to spite him at the show, though. Yeah, right. Well, it was going to happen, and then they found out that, I, you know, they they read my newsletter, and they changed it because they wanted to make me look bad, okay? But, you know, rest assured, it was going to happen. Yeah, that newsletter that holds all the validity in the world. Well, duh, of course. Uh, for the record, Angle and Joe did close uh, Genesis, by the way. And, uh... That actually went on. That was one of the TNA pay-per-views, like uh, like Unbreakable that we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago. The world title match did not close the show. They did that quite a bit, though. Yeah, it's like, look, this world title match is big, but we have something bigger that has to close this show. Uh, especially when I see what the world title match was for that show. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not going to go over well if you put that after Joe and Angle. Did you see how that match ended too? Uh, is that the one where Abyss wins a title via DQ? Yep. Oh, for God's sake. That was so lame. <sighs> All right, man. Uh, that does it for that. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're actually going to dive into Bound for Glory, which I'm very excited to talk about right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game, and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF, athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. 
you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're back. This is TNA Bound for Glory 2006. The date, October 22nd, 2006, from the CompuWare Sports Arena in Plymouth Township, Michigan. <laughs> That's, That's a mouthful. That's the other other venue in the Detroit area. The attend the attendance was three thousand four hundred seventy five. Wow. Uh, and the pay per view buy rate was fifty between fifty five and sixty thousand buys. Boy, Faye. Uh, I gotta look this up now because I'm I'm curious. Apparently, that arena is just now called the U.S. Hockey Arena. So uh, what team? Because right. I know the Red Wings just got their brand new building, so definitely ain't them. No, 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 no. This one is way too small for them. The capacity, uh, it says for seated, the capacity is 3,504. So I, I'm going to assume this was a sellout or damn close to it. Uh, the USA Hockey Foundation purchased the arena. So, wow, that's why it's called the USA Hockey Arena. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, uh, IIHF Women's, Women's Hockey. Okay, I didn't even know there was uh, an, an arena for, or, or that there was a league for women's hockey, but whatever. I uh, yeah, me neither. We opened the show with an epic video package, effing package, uh, showcasing Detroit, Michigan's glory years from half a century ago. We then hear hype of each of tonight's big matches and the competitors in those matches from TNA's epic voice guy. He's no way. longer with us, by the way. It sucks. I know. He was he was awesome. And you actually got to see him in this video, by the way. He that was like one of the first times ever. I know. And he wore like one of those like traditional African hat things. I don't know what it, what it's called. And and like the Dutch. Was it African? Yeah, that was like a, a Muslim thing. It might might be that. I don't know. He looked like he was wearing like a dashiki and whatever. I yeah. was like, yeah, okay. Uh, not what I expected because usually when you hear like epic like the the epic voice guy. You think of like some dude in a suit in a studio or something, but that was cool. I always loved his voice over the TNA hype stuff. Uh, by the way, they were showing you know clips of uh, Detroit, Michigan back when it you know it, it was booming, not when it's literally the place where people film post-apocalyptic scenes for movies now. <laughs> Without having to dress the city up, by the way, they're like, oh, we need to have this big explosion ah, down the road. It's okay, nobody will care. <laughs> this first match. I gotta take a deep breath before I say this. It's the Kevin Nash Open Invitational Gauntlet Battle Royal for Bound for Glory. Nope, I knew you were gonna fumble it. It's the Kevin Nash Open Invitational X Division Gauntlet Battle Royal for Bound for Glory. 
Oh, well, I wrote it down. I was like, <laughs> I know it's gonna get fumbled. <laughs> well, I get, I, I just I, like. Uh, I Mike love Tanae. When Mike Tanae said, I'm getting winded just saying it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, because uh, Mike Tanae said it, and then uh, uh, Don West added to it, and I'm like, what the, I, good lord. That was, yeah, he's like, I think you left off four bound for glory. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, by the way, something weird I noticed about Don West. You ever notice he always wore a shirt and, like, a tie that's the same exact color as a shirt? Yeah. So I don't he does know like QBC. I don't know. Either. That's his thing. He's like, oh, it, like, there's no contrast. Like, the tie is the exact you're, same color as the shirt. You're talking about that, aren't you? Yeah, I, I guess. But this one went for about 17 and a half minutes. It was Austin Star versus Sanjay Dutt, Roll Tide. Uh, Maverick Matt, Jay Lethal, A1, Zach Gowan, Kazarian, Cirelda, Shark Boy, Alex Shelley, D-Ray 3000, Johnny Devine, Primetime Alex Skipper, Short Sleeve Samson, Norman Smiley, Slick Johnson, and Petey Williams. Oh, man. Primetime Alex Skipper, not Alex. But, Are you, um, did I say Alex? You did. Yeah. yeah. And that's, um, that, that Serene, that, what was that girl's name? Uh, Serelda. Serelda. She was the one that was with AMW, right? To stop Gail Kim. Or, sorry, with AJ and Daniels to stop yep. Gail Kim with AMW. Yep, that's actually one of my notes on here. Uh, yep. So to start the match, by the way, Kevin Nash comes to the ring with a giant bowling trophy. That's funny. Now, my first note on this is this is just everybody they didn't have anything else for on the pay-per-view, right? Because yeah. they have the one leg guy. They have the the little person. They have a woman. And the ref gets involved as well. And a couple like of people. It's a sideshow match, man. It's like D-Ray was wasn't even in Impact. He was just like there for one night for this. Right, yeah. Well, because we all miss D-Ray 3000. Well, hell yeah. I mean, him and Shark Boy were like the greatest tag team ever. Because when, had... when I think of old school TNA, like the Wednesday night era on pay-per-view, I think yeah. AMW, The Naturals, and D-Ray 3000, Shark Boy, that, that tag team. And that's that's what I think of right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I got out straight face, by the way. I'm, I'm proud of myself. Yeah, for right. If anybody wants to know what D-Ray 3000 looked like, by the way, if you've never seen it before, imagine uh, Andre 3000 from Outcast just, like, quit eating for, like, two months. There's another uh, a black comedian. He reminds me of him. He's light-skinned, and he's – his name's, I think his name's Eric something. Oh, I don't know that one. He's, like, he's on a commercial currently. I was going to say Cat uh, Williams, but <laughs> – He's also – Jackass 4, whatever, forever, I think it's called. He's in there for a second. He's in the trailer. He's, he's a light-skinned black guy. He's got uh, crazy hair. That's who I thought D-Ray was, or I thought that's wow. who he became. So. Uh. By the way, this guy's hella funny. I, I mean, obviously, I like him a lot because I forget his damn name. But I've seen his stand-up routine, and he's hilarious as hell. So, huh. But it's not him. <laughs> well, Austin Starr, for everybody out there, is Austin Aries. He was the switching. Austin Starr? Yeah. I think you get that of all people, but whatever. Yeah, of course. Uh, he was Austin Star because, like, he went from the original, like, basically no personality having Austin Aries, and this kind of evolved into what Austin Aries would become, the more flamboyant, flashy kind of character. His idols were Jesse the Body Ventura, Superstar Billy Graham, and Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that and is he- real, by the way, and none of that is made up. Eric Andre, by the way, that's that guy's name. That's who I thought. Ah, okay, I know who you're talking about, yeah. 
Sorry, well, drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, Austin Star is announced from TV Land, by the way. So yeah, I've forgotten that Matt Bentley, by the way, once changed his name to just Maverick Matt. So there's that. Was this before? Or after? No, this is before Serotonin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what was he? Martyr. Yeah, and Kazarian was Kaz. And then, well, Johnny Devine was Havoc. Remember? Like, Havoc. I do, that's Kaz. right, yeah. Right. And he wore lipstick, which, you know. Was whatever. He also in the, was he also with Lance Rock? Was that him? No, that was uh, Jimmy Grave. Yeah, okay. Who, I, I, I just yeah. thought it was the same guy. Jeez, okay. Yeah, no. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy forgive Rave. Me, forgive the, me for thinking the two young white blonde guys look the same, sorry. Wow. Hey, one's Canadian, okay? Yeah, because, you know, Canadians have a look, bro. Well, Jimmy Rave, uh, he his his finishing move was called gonorrhea. <laughs> Not I joking. Uh, Sanjay Dutt is the first is, is the first elimination Russo, by. Bro. Sorry. That wasn't even Russo. That was his finishing move in the Indies. <laughs> well, I'm so, sure Russo accentuated. Oh, I'm sure Russo. I'm sure, sure Russo was like, "What's your finishing move, bro?" He's like, "Gonorrhea. We gotta keep it, bro. That's awesome." Bro, no pills or anything, bro. Wow. Uh, it's like, well, so uh, can we nickname it the clap? No, that's what the audience does when you hit gonorrhea, bro. Listen, pay attention. Wow. Uh, Sanjay, that's the first elimination by Matt and Kazarian. Cirelda is the muscular woman who helped AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels defeat America's Most Wanted a couple of months ago. What the hell not, show was that? She's not China. No. That was... Was it Slammiversary? I mean, I know they won the title. Oh, it was after Slammiversary. Victory Road, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. you and I reviewed it. Yeah, it was Victory uh, Road. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, all... We've, uh, we've done Destination X. You sure it wasn't Destination X? That we've was done... in March, so I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm sure she showed up when they already had the title, so it has to be... Has okay. to be uh, uh, Victory Road. Yeah, because the shows we've done in 06 for TNA so far, now in the archives, Destination X 06, Lockdown 06, and Slammiversary 06. So go check those out. This is the best one, by the way. Just going to say that. Anyway, uh, she she ends up getting clotheslined outside by a freaking one. A1 is then taken now, out. Now, up by... until this moment, I thought they were the same person. Wow. Holy crap. Uh, I'm going to leave is, that up to the host here to leave it in or edit it out. We'll see. <laughs> A1 is taken out by Matt and Kazarian. Shark Boy and D-Ray 3000 hit the Fro-Ram on everyone. <laughs> and then eliminate Matt. The Fro-Ram, by the way, is Shark Boy gets D-Ray in a side headlock and then rams his afro into a bunch of people. Yeah, not not the other way around where, you know, not that it would be, be better, but like it would make a little no. more sense that you're hitting with the shark fin. Not that way. Well, well, not they do. Uh, you know, he bites them through the mask. You know, yeah, on the ass, by the way. Yeah, and that is real, folks. You hit people with an afro, and you bite through the mask. You know, because those the things ass. make sense. I feel like you're leaving that part out. You need to really not leave that out. <laughs> it is on the ass, but it just. I'm I'm going with the thing that doesn't make sense. You can't bite through the mask. Okay, going off of what you just said, biting on the ass makes sense then. Well, Did I'm you, saying you, you just said I'm it. going off of what makes sense. No, well, no, well, yeah. it's weird, but whatever. <laughs> well, it is weird. I didn't say it wasn't weird. I just said it makes sense. You can do it. Why would you bite on the ass? <laughs> where, where would you bite him, Greg? <laughs> on the junk? 
I don't know. Boogeyman used to bite their forehead. And oh, man. Piper used to bite fingers and stuff. I don't just... Nope. Ass. Uh, Johnny yeah. Divine eliminates... Bro, uh, bite his ass, bro. Okay, sorry. Wow. Johnny Divine eliminates Zach Gowan. Zach Gowan got zero eliminations, by the way. Yet the guy with no legs eliminated Sean Spears in AEW. Keep that in mind. That's a real sentence, folks. Yep. Kazarian goes for a springboard and gets eliminated by Austin Starr. Short Sleeve Samson ends up coming down to the ring. Hell yes! With referee Slick Johnson. People don't know who, who Short Sleeve Samson is. He's a little person. And he's bald. And, uh, and for some reason, did you notice that when they came out, and I forgot all about this, but that Slick Johnson, moment to laugh at that, by the way, um, <laughs> was like patting his head, like playing patty cake on his head or something like that? Did yes. You He's like, what the hell the way is that down, about? All the way down the ramp, he's like patting his head. I'm like, dude, like, F off, man. Was it because they're like, they look alike? And... I don't know. I thought, like, when he first came down, if they didn't announce him as Short Sleeve Samson, I thought it was Puppet. I, I don't know. You remember Puppet? I don't. He, this is real. He jerked off in a trash can on TNA pay-per-view, and then he pulled a gun on Jeff Jarrett in the middle of the ring. Oh my God! So this TNA happened. in their in, in their entire run, which is now almost twenty years, crazy to think. Next yep. June will be twenty years. They've now done a gun thing twice. Seriously? Oh yeah, yeah they did the Hootshot Johnny Bravo thing. Yep. Spoiler: Ended up being Taya Valkyrie, who's now Frankie Monet. But wow. Yep. Well, she's doing uh, she's she's doing what three to three to five years in in Connecticut or whatever the hell. <laughs> That's uh, the maximum sentence, by the way. Like, oh, she might, you know, she might get the minimum, get stuck in Baltimore for a couple of years, or it might be worse, stuck in Jacksonville for three years, or the ultimate, five years, Stanford State Pen. <laughs> yep. Good lord. Look, I, I'll give them Ring of I'll, I'll give Ring right now TNA over Ring of Honor, but I'm sorry, those other two are a huge upgrade. Just my opinion. <laughs> oh, how how dare you? Uh, impacts where it's at, man. Come on now, or not? They got a they got a few decent things going on. You joke, but they do. I, I go look. They don't they don't completely suck, but just like I see their lineups, and I'm just like, oh. I'm supposed to get excited for this? Of the three main things, I don't count Ring of Honor anymore. Sorry if that makes anyone mad, but they're not doing anything. Of the three things on TV, they are the first, but it's not like the yeah. worst of crap ever, right? No, that's, uh, I don't even going to say it because I might anger some people, but. No, anyway. go ahead. Go ahead. GCW. All right, I'll oh, just say God. that. Who the hell's listening to us that listens to watch that? <laughs> uh, if they are, please, it's out of like. Please, leave this in. If you watch that crap and you listen to this, please don't listen to us. <laughs> right. Because we don't cover that garbage. No, never will. Uh, getting back to this, oh, by God, the way. It's not wrestling. Sorry, it's not wrestling. I bag on, I bag on AW a lot. You know, it's actually a professional place. I don't know what the hell that crap right. is. <laughs> Garbage. Anybody who consistently books uh, Nick Gage, just, nope, I'm good. As their champion. Yeah, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. We'll move on. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but Sharkboy and D-Ray 3000 get eliminated by Alex Shelley and Johnny Devine. Uh, Smiley and Samson do a do the wiggle on Star and Divine. Uh, yep. Austin's Austin Star eliminates. The wiggle is, by the way, don't just leave that. <laughs> oh well, if anybody doesn't know what the wiggle is, um, well, they dry hump you from behind. 
So, yeah, there's that. Uh, Bill Smiley was amazing, by the way. I just to put that out there. So. I think he was a road agent for them, so that's why he was in this match. Austin Starr eliminates Samson, and then Slick Johnson slides in, I guess, becoming a part of this. Uh, yeah, super- I was like, is he? was he already in this? Did he come out with short sleeve to be a referee on the outside? What happened there? Yeah, I was like, is he short sleeve Samson's second? I don't know. It was weird. But he slides in. Yes, Slick Johnson, real name. Uh, Eric, or Elix Skipper gets eliminated by Johnson. PD eliminates Johnson. And then Alex Shelley eliminates PD Williams. <laughs> uh, Austin Starr eliminates Johnny Devine. And then Alex Shelley in the end, because it, it's a battle royal until it comes down to the final two. <laughs> and then it's a, uh, you gotta pin or submit your opponent. Real quick, then, uh, just PD eliminates Johnson. Sorry. I mean, I know. Oh, I'm, good I'm, lord. Don't ask me, I know, but. Wow. Both are euphemisms for penis. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, in the end, Star hits the Brain Buster on Lethal and pins him to win. Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. I actually gave it three stars. Bro, I was entertained by this, bro. What say you? I gave it three as well. I'll say match quality, probably two. But like yeah. overall, and you know, I don't know. I liked a lot of the guys in this. Tons of talent. There was in nobody in this that I was like, you know, why the hell are they here? I mean, well, maybe I kind of did, but like at the same time, like hey, they need to fill the battle royal. That's that was yeah, my excuse. Why the hell was why the hell was that gal in there? Why the hell was short sleeve Samson there? Well, why they that gal was, was a thing a couple of years prior, so it's not like they just brought in some one-legged kid for like a gimmick, you know? Yeah. Just keep that in mind. It was a big thing. Uh, did he, I don't know about short sleeve and. T-Ray was probably just because TNA, you know, he was... Yeah. Hey, you remember this guy? Like, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but after the match... Alex I'm Shelley... actually, actually, sorry, I'm actually surprised, like, this was better than I thought it was. Yeah. Keep in mind, I only watched this event maybe twice. I watched it when it aired, and I think I watched it when I got it on DVD after. So this yeah. is the first time I'm watching it in 15 years, so... Uh, you gotta remind me, by the way, because I kind of fast-forwarded through the entrances. Uh, which... Uh, which theme was Kevin Nash using at this time? Was it that horrible one, or was just that? No, not that horrible rap one. It was like the play okay. on um the Cashmere from Ah. Okay, that was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. when he because I always thought what, depending on I... who, sorry, depending on who who you ask, you see the Cashmere by Led Zeppelin or that P Diddy Godzilla song, whatever. Oh yeah, come with me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, well, knowing his musical taste, it was probably the P Diddy one, but. Uh, yeah, I, I hated his original one. That one sucked. Oh, that booty. I think it was, uh, it was supposed to be a ripoff of the beat for Still DRE by Dr. Yeah. Dre, I believe. That one's awful. It's funny because throughout his career, he's had some epic themes. That yeah. one was just absolute drizzling craps. Well, and whenever I heard the song, well, either the P. Diddy song or Cashmere, I always thought, man, this would be cool for Kevin Nash. And then he actually came out to that and I kind of popped the first time I heard it. I was like, wow, he used it. Cool. But anyway, uh, also, I, real quick, oh. did you notice he didn't get as big a reaction as Daddy would? You know, Detroit loves him usually. Just... I know. Maybe because he wasn't wrestling. I don't know. But yeah, they didn't really pop huge. But uh, after the match, Alex Shelley joins Kevin Nash in the ring as Nash hands off the trophy to Austin Starr. Shelley sarcastically claps for Starr because he was supposed to be Kevin Nash's pet. And uh, yeah, there's a lot more to that story. So, you know, if you guys watch the aftermath all the way up to Final Resolution. I thought it was one of their better things they've done in a while at that point. I don't fully remember 
Well, it turns into the whole um, paparazzi productions thing, and they do the, all the, like the stupid skits with um those two and Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. And, no, all okay. oh, that. Oh, oh and, and yeah, well, it was this was the start of it essentially? And oh, okay. and, oh uh, Senshi, but yeah, I think it was Senshi at that point. He was no longer Loki. Right. Yeah. So he gets involved in it too. It's he some, doesn't become stuff though. He doesn't become low-key until he leaves and comes back again, like, years down the road. Right, yeah. When they reform Triple X. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was only for, like, a hot minute. And then... Oh, man, that was an epic moment, though. But, uh, yeah, right. And then he's part of the Beatdown Clan. You remember yeah, that? Alex, I do, yeah. Alex Skipper was in that group, right? <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> uh, in Beatdown Clan, by the way, is now known as the Hurt Business. You know, just little tweaks here and there, but yeah. Yeah, they got rid of Kenny King and got uh, Shelton Benjamin. Look, I don't, I like Kenny King, but man, that's a hell of an upgrade. But oh well, yeah. Well, he, I mean, Shelton Benjamin's not a male stripper, so there's that. No, he's athletic. Right. In the back, Jeremy Borash interviews America's Most Wanted, who are very heated that Hernandez and L.A. of LAX hit the border toss on their manager Gail Kim on Impact. Because <laughs> yeah. of that. Because of that. <laughs> Oh, dude, he freaking tossed that little girl. Like, damn. But because of that, yeah, she's she can't a tough be ass here tonight. Chick, so it's fine. I mean, clearly. But uh, she can't be there tonight because she's so hurt. Uh, James Storm says that he doesn't understand how people like LAX are allowed in his country, the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, a lot of racial undertones in this feud, by the way. I don't. Even, well, I can't even say undertones. They're right there in your face. But he then says that everyone can call the border or call them the border patrol tonight because they're going to kick the dog's snot out of LAX. They literally like in their in their entrance area, their little personal entrance in uh, the impact zone. They had a giant fence, like a border fence there, and like Ameri- AMW climbed it one time and got into a fight with yeah. like the Hispanic because it wasn't just LAX. They had like a crew of Hispanics with them. They look like cholos. And they're like battling back and forth over the border fence. I'm like, mother of God, they're doing this. <laughs> so like, according to Jim Fournette, that was all Conan's idea. So I believe it. He's he's I mean, super into that stuff. I'm not, def- I'm, not trying to defend, I'm not trying to defend anybody at all, but I'm just saying Conan came up with all that. Who is oh, well, yeah. bad, by the way. So you know, again, yeah. not defending anybody, just saying it was that. Well, yeah, I mean, he he was the same guy that got heat by going down to Mexico in a Donald Trump T-shirt talking about <laughs> my homie Donald Trump hates all you fools. Like, I think Corey Graves' brother I'm, did that, too. Yeah. Chris yeah, except, Thomas. Right. <laughs> except I don't think he's Hispanic, so it's a little bit different. Oh, man. Uh, Shane Douglas now comes to the ring before the next match and soaks in all the admiration from the crowd. Man, they freaking popped huge for him. He introduces the number one contenders for the NWA tag team titles, the newly franchised Naturals. I actually have a figure of uh, Chase Stevens in the newly franchised Naturals. Yeah, you don't outfit. have Andy Douglas because for some odd reason they didn't make him. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't wh- get that. How the I hell can you make one of, of a tag team and not the other? In, it's well, not a maybe on again, off again tag team. That's all they were. What I know. What the hell? Yeah, that's weird. I will say, I think, because there were two versions of the Naturals, they did come out with, like, their original gear, and I think they did come out with both of them, if I remember correctly. But when they did the newly franchised Naturals, yeah, I think they only did Chase. I'm like, what? But yeah, this match is a Fatal 4-Way tag team match. 
It's uh, the, the Naturals of Chase Stevens and Andy Douglas with Shane Douglas versus the James Gang of BG James and Kip James versus America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm versus Team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon. This one went about seven minutes. That's a hell of a four, four teams, by the way. Yeah, it is. In only seven I minutes. See, I don't see a weak link in here. Yeah, that part got me. <laughs> I mean, if you have to pick a weak link, it would obviously be the Naturals, but... Oh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, but... Yeah, but they they were good. I was I was a fan of theirs. So people bro, were, I was entertained by them, bro. Wow. Had to their get best in. stuff was... In, their best stuff, though, I will admit, not that this is bad, well, not what they're doing, but, like, their best stuff was in the Island Days on Wednesday nights. I didn't see any of that. I only saw it once they went to FSN. They so. were so damn good, yeah. Yeah, I, I love their stuff with AMW. Uh, and then once they got Chris Candido as their manager, that was still pretty cool. I was not as big of a fan once they got, you know, became the newly franchised Naturals with Shane Douglas. I, I just think they also, I want to be careful here, but I think they use his death too much. Yeah, uh, that, that was a whole story. It's like, man, dude, it's like, yeah. They really... Because the whole thing why Shane Douglas took over was, well, Chris was my best friend, and he saw something in you guys, so now I'm going to take over and, and help you out. And that was, like, the whole thing. And we'll get into it here at the end, but... Just lazy booking. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> wow, to quote Jim Cornette. Uh, Shane Douglas leaves ringside once the match starts, leaving the Naturals to fend for themselves. Devon kicks out of the natural disaster, which shocked the hell out of me. And then Team 3D ends up winning after hitting Andy Douglas with the 3D... Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I give it two stars. As great as all these teams were, seven minutes was not enough time for them. What say you? I gave it two. I also wrote on here, it was over before I even really got into it. Right. I didn't realize that. It, I thought it was an elimination tag match. And then when the 3D, when he hit the 3D and they won, I was like, oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> um, Real quick. Quick, that that's what happened a couple weeks ago when Tommaso Ciampa won the NXT title. Normally, huh. I would explode. Like, I love Ciampa, but I thought it was an elimination match, and then he just won. Like, oh, could have made that a little more clear. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hate that. And yeah, for all four of these teams to only get seven minutes and just eh, I don't know, it wasn't enough time. So, like you said, it was over just when we started getting into it. But after the match, Shane Douglas comes to the ring and shouts down the Naturals. Chase Stevens tries to bow up to him, and Douglas slaps the piss out of him right onto his ass. That was the whole thing. Like, Douglas kept going off on it. He was like, you're embarrassing yourselves, and you're embarrassing, uh, you know, Chris Candido's memory by, by losing. It's like, ugh, Lord. But out of now, name drop, dude. Yep. Backstage, Jeremy Borash is outside of Samoa Joe's locker room, saying that he hasn't gotten any comments from him tonight. Jake the Snake Roberts walks up behind Borash now and gives him gives some rambling promo about being a snake and being the perfect person to be the referee for tonight's Monsters Ball match. Basically just being there to check the pulse of the competitors. It was hard to watch this, too, because you know he was strung out. And I hate yeah. saying that. I will say he didn't look like he was, like, compared to what we had seen him as, yeah, he didn't right. look too bad here. So I was like, well, maybe um, this yeah, was... It's easy to look back on it now because at least to look back on it because of what he is now. Right. Like he looks damn good now. Yeah, right. I mean, obviously he's had some hard living that, you know, put him in some uh put him in the shape he is well, now. Keep in but... mind when I say damn good, I mean winning comparison, so Oh well for sure, yeah. But the next match is a four way monsters ball match with special guest referee 
Jake the Snake Roberts, or as uh, uh, Brian Zane of Wrestling with Regret calls him, Jacob the Snake of Roberts. <laughs> uh, it's Abyss with James Mitchell in his corner, taking on Brother Runt, uh, Raven, and Samoa Joe. And uh, in case you didn't know, by the way, because they will tell you before, during, after the match, weapons are not only allowed, they're encouraged. Oh, of course. They will tell you that 57 times on commentary. You notice they took away that stupid stipulation of this match where supposedly, like, they have to be locked up in a dark room in solitary confinement yeah, for 24 I, hours. Or whatever. stupid, but it was original. Yeah, it's just, like, really uh, stupid, but, you know, it's like, oh, I've never heard of it before, so... I want to say it was, um, looking back in the archives, it was, was it Victory Road 04, where they had, like, the first, one of the first monsters? Yeah, it was Abyss, Money Brown, and Raven? Yeah, and they did all their promos, uh, from the Solitary Confinement Room with, like, uh, like, Night Vision. It was, yeah. it was weird. Kind of like but, Roddy Piper on Alcatraz back in 1997. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the <laughs> You're right. That was, uh something. But this went about 11 and a half minutes. Raven comes to the ring with some BDSM mask on. That, uh, something. Samoa Joe is going into this match, still undefeated. Abyss recreates the famous Bam Bam Bigelow through Spike Dudley into the crowd spot, but TNA put an obvious large man as a plant in the crowd to catch Runt and chuck him back over the railing. Oh, you, you don't know that. Yeah, no, there just happened to be a gigantic man there, ready and waiting to catch Brother Run when he came flying at him. <laughs> How do you know that guy didn't pay money to come in? Because it's TNA. Nobody pays money. I kid. Uh, they're they're not. In the I mean, it's very zone. possible that we are both right here. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> right. They come in. They saw him. He signed a waiver. Boom. Anyways, move on. <laughs> wow. They're like, uh, sign here and make sure that you catch Brother Run when he comes flying at your ass. There's an extra 20 in it if no one gets kicked in the face with his boot. Right. <laughs> uh, Raven knocks Samoa Joe off the ramp and through a table. Abyss and Runt climb the stage, uh, and, or stage scaffolding, and Abyss chokeslams Runt off the platform before jumping on top of him, which the camera completely misses because they had to get a close-up of Jake Roberts' face. Now, gotta see him looking concerned. Don't look at the action, though. Kevin Dunn uh, looks so bad now, does he, folks? Yeah, right. Uh, in the ring, Raven tries to DDT Jake Roberts at one point, but is stopped. Abyss breaks up, uh, breaks out the bag of tacks, and, of course, Joe ends up hitting a senton on his back, so Abyss goes face-first into him. It's the old adage, you know, we always talked about where, you know, in the words of James Mitchell, he said, every week you break out these elaborate, you know, weapons and thumbtacks or whatever, and then you trip over your arm, dick, and fall into it. <sighs> anyway... Uh, Jake hits Raven with a DDT, and then Joe hits the Muscle Buster on him for the win. Uncle Dave and I actually both gave this three stars. It was pretty decent for what it was. What say you? I actually gave it two. I didn't like it that much. Really? Yeah. I I thought all the spots in it were pretty pretty cool. I enjoyed it. The only thing was just freaking Abyss, man. He always introduces the weapons, and he always gets hit with the weapons. To be fair, this is his match, though, so... That he always gets destroyed in. <laughs> just like... Uh, Isn't but, Jeff Hardy the king of the liar match? There's only one, like, one or two in his life? <laughs> yeah, basically. I kind of liked it. But after the match, Jake dumps a giant yellow python onto Raven, who freaks out and rolls out of the ring. I figured Raven would be into that sort of thing. Everyone's got the one thing. 
Yeah, right. We now go backstage with Jeremy Borash standing by with a nervous-looking Eric Young, which I guess that's kind of redundant, uh, who's breathing into a paper bag. Larry Zabisco storms up to him wearing a Ribera windbreaker and berates Eric, saying that he doesn't stand a chance against him tonight. And he says, I'm going to take you to Larry Land. <laughs> uh, Borash tells, tells Young that he's got to have confidence. He's like giving him a pet talk. But this is the living legend Larry Zabisco versus Showtime Eric Young in a loser gets fired match. What about three and a half minutes? There were people in the crowd wearing the Don't Fire Eric basic ass t-shirt. Hell yeah, it was hot as the hell back then, dude. I actually have a toy of him in that shirt. You remember that figure? I do, my brother has it. Ah, nice. But this match is actually happening because Larry's been abusing his power as part of the championship committee and actually cost Eric a match on impact that led to Eric being fired. In the end, the ref gets bumped, and Larry pulls out a foreign object from his tights. EY gets the object from Larry, punches him with it, and then pins him for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it a star. What say you? I gave it a star and said, why is this happening? Because, man, Larry must wrestle. Who the hell? When the hell is that ever a rule? I don't know. Well, you know... Well, you know, he he sold out Shea Stadium with Bruno. Yeah, that's all he ever did. That and called Nitro. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Larry tries to call a timeout after the match is over, and Eric Young goes into the crowd to celebrate. Thank God this was short. <laughs> but Jim Cornette comes to the ring next with a microphone in hand. His voice is beyond hoarse. He says that he's sick as hell, but he would have to be in intensive care to miss this tonight. He says that if Samoa Joe gets involved in tonight's main event, he will be fired from TNA. Kurt Angle then comes out to a huge pop. Kurt says that he's ready to kick some ass, and he puts over TNA. Angle then tells Cornette that he doesn't need Cornette to, to uh, keep Joe away from him. And then Joe rushes the ring. The two men start brawling before a ton of security guards break them up and hold them apart. Finally, the two men get dragged to the back. So there you go. They're setting up for next month already. This next match, man... It is Senshi, a.k.a. Loki, defending the NWA X Division title against Chris Saban in 13 minutes. After an awesome match, Senshi repeatedly elbows Saban in the neck and face, attempting to lock in the Dragon Sleeper. Saban then turned it around into a small package for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this four stars. What say you? I gave it four. Loved it. This was effing epic, man. I... I love both these guys. I love this match. The X Division was hot as hell back here, so. I actually think this was at the peak of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at all the talent they had in the X Division at this time. I mean, you know, most of it was in that first match. Then we got these guys, got um, Styles and Daniels, technically. I've always thought that Saban was one of the more underrated guys TNA's ever had. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he was, he was great. He still is great, so. And isn't he, is he still an impact? He is. I think, I guess Shelly's out. I don't know what the hell happened. He's in MLW now. So. Oh, is he? I don't know what the hell happened there. He just left and they said he wow. was, they said due to a personal reason, he couldn't appear and we never saw him again. Wow. Maybe so. the personal reasons were he didn't want to be an impact. <laughs> hey, man, he can form a tag team with uh, Bobby Fish. Of, you know, a tag team of, you know, my real tag team partner isn't here anymore. <laughs> But after the match, Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Jerry Lynn come out to celebrate with Chris Sabin. 
Now in the Hail back. Saban, the hometown boy. Damn straight. Yeah, he's from down the road in hell. Hail. No, hell. He's from hell, Michigan. Which is a real place, by the way. <laughs> wow. Hell, oh, you know, I, go blue, though. Well, I always thought that hell, hell, Michigan, was just, you know, a euphemism for Detroit. But turns out I'm <laughs> wrong. It's an actual town. How do you Before anybody like, gets upset, my dad's from there, so I can say all this. It's fine. <laughs> well, I'm from Ohio, so that's why I'm saying all this. Well, what I want to know is, like, there's so much there. It's like, oh, I got to go to hell this weekend. It's like, uh, <laughs> what? Oh, like, so you're going to the DMV. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, I wonder if there's a DMV in hell. <laughs> and it's the worst I'm gonna, thing ever. I'm going to play my redundant card again. <laughs> right. There's just so much there. I got I to gotta mail this to hell. What? I got a letter from hell. Uh, cool. Does it smell like sulfur? But in the back, Jeremy Borash is standing by with Christian Cage. Cage is full heel at this point, saying that people like Rhino from Detroit are called bums, losers, and scumbags by people like him. He trashes on the people of Detroit, the Detroit Tigers, and Rhino's ants cooking. But then the fans still yell, that's how I roll, along with Christian at the end. So they boo the crap out of him, but they still say his catchphrase. Well, you gotta get the catchphrase in there. Oh, well, of course. Oh, when did he turn heel, by the way? Was it just, he turned on Rhino? No, he turned on Sting at Hard Justice, I want to say. Huh. And then he turned on <laughs> Rhino, because, you know, it was his friend, but he's heel now around his face, so automatically he's like his friends. That's how it works. There you yeah. Go. I was going to say, something happened between the last 06 show that we watched and this. Because... Yeah, he just, he just turns on Sting randomly at uh, hard justice. And then I think he stays heel until he leaves TNA, if I remember correctly. But anyway, this next match is Christian Cage versus Rhino in an eight-mile street fight. You know, that's one of them. Hey, this <laughs> this location is here, street fight. It went, But it's uh, not here. Someone said it was like 100 miles away. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because they're like, what did I say, Plymouth? And yeah. uh, they're not in Detroit. This one dude, eight four. mile, dude. You know, every time anyone hears that, the first thing they think about is Mom's Spaghetti. Which, by the way, did you know that there's a restaurant that Eminem just opened up in Detroit called Mom's Spaghetti? Of course there is. Yeah, and somebody pointed out they're like, but the next line in that song is "Vomit on my sweater already." So like, why well, that's I the first there? line. I think Mom's Spaghetti is the second one, which is no. why. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, well, it, it it goes together, but it's like, yeah. So it's like, um, I don't know if I want to eat there. That's him not endorsing his own place. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, anyway, this one went 14 minutes, 44 seconds. Christian Cage's entrance ends basically while he's still walking through the backstage area. It just like cuts off and then they go to Rhino. And Rhino comes through the crowd and then he gets in the ring, run, gets out, runs up the stage, turns around, beats his chest, and then the pyro goes off and then he runs into the back. I'm like, what is going on? Gotta get the pyro, man. They, uh, he, he finds Christian, they are literally fighting in the parking lot to start off, and they fight onto a Zamboni, and then Rhino drives it into the arena. Rhino gets busted open, uh, once they get back into the ring. Cage ends up tying Rhino up in a straitjacket, but Rhino dodges the one-man concerto before the ref unties Rhino. Rhino hits a Rhino driver off the apron through a table. In the end, Christian Cage buries Rhino under a ton of weapons and repeatedly slams a chair down on top of him before pinning him for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half stars. It's not 
quite four star worthy, but it's damn good. What say you? I gave it three. I really liked it. I I definitely was entertained by this, bro. Good crap, pal. Good that's all I got to say. Uh, now in the back, Jeremy Borash is standing by with... In the back! He's standing by with Conan, Homicide, and Hernandez of LAX. Conan says that it takes a nation of racists to hold them down. They said that since it's so close to Christmas, he can give, he can do a gift exchange with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. LAX can give them a dirty Sanchez, and they can give LAX a rusty trombone. That's a real sentence. <laughs> if anybody wants to know what the hell he's talking about, go to Urban Dictionary. I'm not going to explain. There's literally a uh, a promo he cut one time in WCW where he told Lex Luger that Lex was going to bow down, peel his potatoes, and toss his salad. <laughs> what? I'm not the joking. Hell? What's with all the prison references, man? Oh <laughs> my gosh! That um. People go wow. look it up. He really said this. <laughs> <laughs> he got he he figured out more ways to work in like uh, just like weird sex jokes into his promos. But Conan then wraps things up by saying something pretty racist about sending Gail Kim back to Korea. Like, yeah. holy God. <sighs> the promo package for the next match, by the way, has an instrumental of Numb by Linkin Park playing under it, which I thought was pretty sweet. I will say I was surprised that LAX entered through the normal ramp and not their special entrance in the crowd. I guess they wanted to open up as many seats as possible for the show, which I don't blame them. But this is... The team of AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels defending the NWA World Tag Team titles against Homicide and Hernandez of LAX with Conan in their corner in the Six Sides of Steel. It was just shot. about a cool sweat. Six Sides of Steel. <laughs> right. Uh, this one went just shy of 15 minutes. Homicide snuck a fork into the cage and repeatedly jabbed, uh, jabbed uh, Daniels in the forehead, making him bleed profusely. Later, he gets a bottle of tequila spits it on Daniels, and then pours Hell out the yes. rest on Daniels' head. And that was the good kind of tequila, too. That was that looked like Patron. <laughs> but Daniels and AJ both get the fork and repeatedly jab Homicide in the head now, busting him open. AJ scales the cage, and the crowd chants, please don't die. After a Tower of Doom spot in the corner, AJ dives off onto Hernandez for a near fall. Hernandez then goes up to the top and dives off onto Daniels, but or tries to dive onto Daniels, but Daniels moves, and Hernandez crashes and burns. It's a whole lot of man to be diving off that big-ass cage, dude. Uh, yes, Co it is. Conan <laughs> didn't break the damn thing. <laughs> I know. I'm like, man, that uh, six-sided ring is tough. Uh, Conan hands Homicide a clothes hanger, and Homicide chokes Christopher Daniels with it. Then he pulls him over to the cage, and Conan, like, pulls the hanger through the cage and chokes Daniels out. Finally, I thought that was clever as hell. <laughs> it was, but I'm like, hot damn, that's, like, that's sick, man. Finally, Homicide hits the Gringo Killer on AJ Styles for the title win. In Ring of Honor, he called it the Cop Killer. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I gave it three and a half. It was damn good. I don't know four stars. What say you? Oh, I gave it four. I was tempted to give it five. I thought this was the best match of the entire nights. This is it one of my personal was, time yeah. favorite matches right here. I will say, yeah, it was between this and the X Division title match, uh, but I would give this the best match of the night just because, I don't know, it had everything. I would say probably this one, the X Division title match, and then the street fight. 
excuse me, the eight mile street fight. <laughs> There's but, a difference. Uh, oh, oh, well, yeah, the eight mile street fight. You guys, you start fighting in the street, you will get shot, one way or another. Or you know, somebody might shoot themselves in the leg. You know, which uh, if anybody watched the Eminem movie Eight Mile, you get the reference. But after the match, all three members of LAX get in the cage, start beating on Styles and Daniels until the referee runs in and gets them off. Or, excuse me, a bunch of referees run in and uh, get them off of them. So, yeah. Uh, up next is our main event. We're going to take our second-to-last break. When we come back, we're diving into the last match on the card, ladies and gentlemen, right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. This one is a, well, it's Jeff Jarrett defending his NWA title against Sting's career. It is a career versus title match. Yeah, uh, it really kept you on the edge of who's going to win. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, you know, Sting might walk away for, forever, bro. He tired forever, bro. <laughs> right. And the special guest enforcer it was Kurt Angle. This one went just over 15 minutes. Sting comes out with new black, white, and red face paint, no shirt, and new black and red tights, and he's got a gold and black entrance coat. This is a pretty sweet look. I, I did enjoy it. This is the look that ended up in the Impact game. Yeah, right. And before, like, leading up to this, he had only been wearing his old, like, the black and white look that everybody knows. So this was the first time he really changed it up big time. Uh, I believe you, you and I were talking about this a while ago, where Sting forgot his paint. And they found a random juggalo in the crowd who happened to have 
face paint in his car. Because, of course, they did. (laughs) Yeah, right. They're just outside of Detroit. So they I wonder if they were like, wait wait a minute, we're just outside of Detroit. And they just came over like the speakers in the in the arena. They're like, are there any juggalos in the crowd that have (laughs) has face paint in their car? Somebody's like, whoop, whoop right here, bro. Find me the one without the paint in the car. Yeah, right. Well, you got to have emergency paint. Uh, you never know when, you know, uh, you, know, you got to stop, uh, pull over and huff it. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, Lord, you said that. But they battle outside of the ring at one point, never getting counted out, by the way. It's just like the ref was just like, F it. But Sting, Sting goes to use a chair. Angle grabs it to stop him. Yeah, because Sting was going to use a chair and cost himself his career. That, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Why are you saying that sarcastically? <laughs> right. But then Sting ducks right as Jarrett's charging at him, and Jarrett takes out Kurt Angle. Sting and Jarrett do a double down in the ring, and the ref's about to count to ten. So before the ref can hit that ten, Angle wakes up, runs in, and hits an angle slam on the referee because reasons. <laughs> and he makes and he basically makes himself the referee. And then he's like, Let's get it on! Like, holy crap. Like, what is going on in this match? I thought he was, like, gonna help Jeff Jarrett win when I first, when I first saw this. Thank God he didn't. That would have been so terrible. Both men end up kicking out of each other's finishers. Jarrett locks Sting in an ankle lock and, like, stares Angle down. But Sting breaks it and goes for his bat. But Angle takes that. So that's the second damn weapon Angle had to talk Sting out of using. Jarrett runs in with his guitar and El Cabong Sting, with no disqualifications called, by the way, again. Sting no-sells it, roars. Well, why would he get disqualified if it didn't even hurt him? Yeah, well, you know, because that's why you get disqualified. Well, did it hurt him? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just trying, I'm just fishing for logic here, dude. Yeah, I know. But Sting no-sells it, he does his, like, he flexes and roars. Locks in the Scorpion Deathlock, and then Jarrett taps out. This one was actually pretty damn sloppy and a bit overbooked, in my opinion. Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. They gave it two and a half for average. Let's say you. I gave it three. I liked it. I also, just, I'm going off of, like, I remember all the build-up, too. And well, yeah, the build-up was great. So. Yeah, I don't know, man. The, the match was... It was fine. I, just, I felt like it was really sloppy. I don't know. I think it went uh, just how they wanted it to go, which I'll give credit for that. And the stuff with Angle is a little goofy. There's just like a lot of stuff where it's like you really have to suspend your disbelief with some of those. Like, all right, you know, like Sting, he's like, I'm just gonna get myself disqualified, f my career, like, like <laughs> twice. Oh man, well maybe you knew they weren't gonna call it. Yeah. Uh, but for the last two minutes of the broadcast, it was Sting must pose, pal, as Jarrett just looks on in disbelief. So, there you go. But all right, we're going to take our final break of the podcast. When we come back, it's final ratings time. Right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? 
Oh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we us? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way room. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. So, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. And we're back. Internet Movie Database gave this event an 8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it a 7.51 out of 10. I actually gave it a 9 out of 10. I thought this was a great quality event what say you i thought this is still to this day probably the best bound for glory ever i said a minus wow yeah it was it was well i mean y'all we got we got christian and josh alexander coming up so i may blow it away yeah (laughs) is that seriously the main event for bound for glory yes it is wow i wow i don't even know what's that and don't get me wrong neither one of those guys are bad by any stretch of the imagination and I mean, Christian it's just, Cage. It's sure, just weeks of Kenny Omega and Rich Swan all over again. Yeah, oh, and they built that crap up like it was this huge thing. Yep. And it's like, of of course Kenny was going to win that. And what universe was Rich Swan going to beat him? <laughs> I could actually see Josh Alexander winning this, though. I mean, I don't think I want him to. Yeah, I, that's that's actually my thing. Or like, I'm like, are they actually going to have that dude win? Like, yikes. And if that's the thing, that means he would have had more success sticking around in Impact than his old tag partner has going to AEW. Anyway, that does it for the show and uh, the final ratings and all that. We still got another show coming up this Friday, man, because it's double main event week. Whoop, whoop. It's uh, this Friday. It is WCCW from October 25th, 1986. And we're doing something we've never done before. This is a true bonus show. We're covering, because it's the weekly show for WCCW, it's uh, it's only a 40-minute show. Not enough to really fill out the podcast. So we're going to do the news and notes from that time, review that event, do more news and notes, and cover the show from October 1st, 1988. And the one from October 25th, 86, the main event of that is from, it's from the Cotton Bowl show. It's uh, Abdullah the Butcher versus Brody Lee, or not Brody Lee, I'm sorry, Bruiser Brody, in a cage match with Fritz Von Erich as a special guest referee. 
And the main event for the October 1st, 88 show is Jerry the King Lawler versus Kerry Von Erich in a title unification match. Stop me if you've heard that one before. (laughs) They went on like a tour of the title unification matches throughout like 88. It, It was weird. We cover another one of their title unification matches. Uh, now the archives, Super Clash 88. By the way, for any of you that like Bound for Glory and want to hear more Bound for Glory stuff, one of our most listened to podcasts is actually in the archives from, it was our bonus show last October. It was TNA Bound for Glory 2010, where they're here. So yeah. You will never let that go. That was the marketing for it. Like, they had that on all the posters and everything and all the promo material. They're here. Oh, I thought you were making fun of that guy's sign. Oh, well, I mean, that was stupid, too. But that was, like, all the mo- marketing stuff. It was like, they're here! Like, and then that idiot spelled it wrong. Like, <laughs> well, I, Oh, I he didn't spell anything wrong. Yeah, he <laughs> just used the wrong form of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, anyway, that's now in the archives, so more Bound for Glory stuff. And that was actually a good show, too. Not quite as good as this one, but it was a good show. Uh, but our last show of the month is coming up next week, by the way, October 27th our pre-Halloween show, so we are covering WCW Halloween Havoc 1996 for its 25-year anniversary. And you and I talked about we love the year 1996 in WCW. WWE wasn't bad either, but you could tell it definitely was a rebuilding year for the company. WCW was running hot with the NWO at this point, and the main event is the Macho Man versus Hulk, or excuse me, Hollywood Hogan, and that goddamn spiked hair he had. Dude, that was amazing, man. I wish I had that here. You might be able to find it in stores. <laughs> and you should get it blonde, too. That Man, that would look awesome on you. Please yeah, wear that to I don't already look white enough. Wear that to Cleveland, dude. No. <laughs> what would make you look ultra white is if you get the spiked hair, like, in one of those visors. You ever see those? I do, yeah. I have, yeah. Yeah, that would, dude. Like John, like John Gruden. Yeah, right? But yeah, man, that uh, that's going to close out October next week. Uh, but like I said, we still got two more shows to go. The bonus this Friday, because we love you all. And then uh, Halloween Havoc 96 coming up next week. And then, uh, yeah, and then we got Halloween. And then we're going to go full force in November, which is uh, Survivor Series month, man. So, you know, we got to cover that. I may or may not be going. I'm not sure yet, so. Yeah, it's, uh, isn't it in uh, Brooklyn? Yes, sir. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I still love that arena. It'll always hold special memories for me from 2015. I, have, I think with the exception of the Oakland Coliseum, I've been in that arena more times than any arena in my life. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I Well, I've personally been there four times with you. I mean, all you know, all in a row. But Or no, three times. That's right. So, I, or, yeah, because we went for uh, NXT. Uh, Raw, uh, First ever NXT takeover. Right, SummerSlam. And then we went for Raw the next night. I believe so, right? Then we go for Raw? Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's where the Dudley Boys popped up. Yep. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. We'll see you all this Friday with World Championship, or excuse me, World Class Championship Wrestling from 86 and 88. And then next week, Halloween Havoc, 1996.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.